Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's not a touchdown. Oh my the mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's good for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Tuesday, November 6th. Let's cockadoodle do it. Get out there and vote. It's Roto Experts in the morning. Honor your award winning. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds the Spitting Statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the king. Scott Engel. Scott, I got a little tripped up because I wanted to let people uh, to know that it is election day and they got to get out there and vote. What are you deciding and voting for in the fantasy world today, Scott? Uh, the trading deadline is coming up. So mm, if you got a, a wheel weeks. and deal, I vote for you to do it now. Absolutely. I appreciate that, Scotty. We're going to get into, listen, some of the guys that we may like, some of the things that are fantasy or reality in week nine. We're going to talk a little bit later on about one of the articles there by Jack McClune in the, uh, you know, Roto Experts Exclusive Edge in-season fantasy package. You know, what is real in week nine and what was a little bit more fugazi. But to get all that great content, you got to go to the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge in-season fantasy package and to the promo code the King at check out we'll also be talking a little waiver wires who to add as you get ready for week 10 you know the trading deadline is not the only way you can add to your team we'll let you know who on the waiver wire could be a a nice little ad for you moving forward but scott we get started with the end of week nine monday night football and something of a surprise scotty you know uh, we both had dallas as a survivor team last week that did not come to fruition the tennessee titans get a win to go to three and four 28-14, 28-14, the Cowboys are also 3-4. and four. Scotty, I got to tell you, in this one, 
Uh, my biggest thing is, listen, people have been down on these Tennessee running backs so much. You know, Derrick Henry as a cut candidate. Don't get it twisted. Deion Lewis is still a viable running back. He had 62 yards in the ground, another 60 via the air, and he got a touchdown. You'll take the 122 scrimmage yards, a touchdown, and four catches. He gets you 22 points in PPR scoring. And as you said to me right before we go on air, we went on air, Scott, I've got four wins in a row in the G. GST league, and because Joe Mixon was on by, I was riding Deion Lewis myself to a victory. He's a viable running back these days. It looks like uh, the timeshare has uh, kind of swung in his direction. Yeah, and like we were saying, Derek Henry uh, definitely uh, should have been cut from fantasy rosters in a lot of leagues, but you know, he is a goal line finisher, and I guess you could use that for bye weeks. You know, he started to score again recently, but Deion Lewis is the guy right now, and you know, they did a great job of you saw Dallas was trying to crush the pocket and get the pressure, and right. Marcus Mariota was making very crisp decisions last night. You know, just take your best offensive player right now, and you know, let him do the work. And uh, you know, with the state of running back right now, we've got two good games in a row from Deion Lewis. This team came adjusted well during the bye week. We saw it last night. So, especially with four more teams on a bye next week, you know, we got to start uh, reinstilling faith in Deion Lewis, and he has a revenge game next week against the Patriots. Ooh, that is interesting. Listen, he's not the only one with a revenge. Remember, their new their head coach, first-year head coach, Vrabel, would also like to do something against the New England Patriots and his former coach, uh, Bill Belichick, as well. You know, Lewis even leading the team in receiving. He is kind of the guy to own there in Tennessee. How do you feel about Corey Davis? You know... Scott, I got to ask you that because, listen, he has six for 56. He even, I think, had one rush uh, for four yards, right? So, listen, 60 total yards, six catches, 12 points. I guess you take that. But, you know, people now for about a year and a half have been, you know, predicting Corey Davis to break out. I've heard everything from, you know, people I respect saying that he's going to be like almost Terrell Owens-ish. I've, I've had people that I respect say he's going to finish his career with 900 catches. You know, we've been waiting. On this from him, it almost seems like he's a. I guess it's not that extreme, but a wide receiver version of Christine Michael, who everyone expects, but he's never really popped off. Now Corey Davis has produced some, but he's never really fulfilled this potential that the fantasy community has for him. What's up with Corey Davis? Is this what we should expect moving forward? Corey Davis is, you know, we've already seen it, and. Uh, you know, we saw more of it last night. You know, there's just not really any upside right now. Yeah. Mariota played better last night, but he still didn't get his wide receivers involved <clears throat> in a heavy way. You know, it was it was more of Deion Lewis ending anything than we said. Uh, you know, Corey Davis, I think you always got to keep him on the roster because of the upside, but it's very hard to start him other than the bye week. Yeah, and let me ask you this, Scott, as it relates to Corey Davis, but generally speaking, you know, Honestly, Scott, I think my new approach to fantasy is really not about the player, but about the team and the offense. Because there are some, you know, there are some offenses now in this NFL that are just absolutely ridiculous. You know, we see the Rams, we see the Chiefs, we see the Patriots, we see the Saints, you know, we see the Chargers, and maybe one or two others, right? And like... I don't care who it is. Give me Traquan Smith. You know, give me Edelman. Give me people that are on these teams that are putting up 30, 40 points a game as opposed to a guy like this on an offense. Listen, I don't want to be disparaging, and yeah, there's the new offensive coordinator, LaFleur, and all that stuff, but the Tennessee Titans just are not a dynamic.
dynamic offense. The Washington football team is just not a dynamic offense, you know. So give me the third. You know, we were talking about Sammy Watkins and stuff. I think I'm going to lean to the player on the more dynamic offense and just think there's going to be enough to go around with some of these high-flying teams as opposed to relying on one of these teams that are just still just not there yet in the 2018 NFL. How much weight are you putting moving forward, Scott, as just trying to get as many pieces as possible on some of these high-octane high offenses? Uh, I think, uh, I think it's re- that ship's really sailed, though, uh, hmm. because you know that's what you had to do on draft day. And a lot of people who have those pieces on the high octane offenses. Yeah. It's going to be hard to give them gets uh, to give them to make them give something up in a trade. Uh, right. And right now, you know, from what I see so much in the Slack chat and Roto Experts and on Twitter, people aren't willing to give up something big to get something big. So, you know, if you want a Travis Kelsey, people will very often try to pile three players or right. two, even two players for Travis Kelsey. And it's just not going to work. You want a Travis Kelsey, you know, you might have to be giving up something like a, like a Julio Jones or something yeah. like that. I think, I think, granted, and I'm not, dispat- I'm not disputing that at all, Scott. What I think I mean more is even like the questionable pieces. You know, when we talk about the Chiefs, we, we're like, oh, got to have them all. But then we draw the line almost like at Sammy Watkins, right? Um, or like I'm talking about, say, like a Traquan Smith or like these Williams, you know, maybe one of the Williams wide receivers with the Chargers. Like with these high-flying offenses, I mean, I, I'd rather have even the third option there, like the Sammy Watkins, let's say, than a Corey Davis, just because, like, the Tennessee offense is not going to produce. It's like the size of the pie argument that I always make. It's not only about the slice of the pie. I'm starting to believe what's more important is the size of the overall pie for that team, how prolific that offense is. And I'd rather even the small sliver, let's say the Sammy Watkins sliver of the Chiefs pie, than the Corey Davis sliver, which is a bigger piece of the Tennessee pie. Does that make sense? Right, and you know, I think a great example of that right now is Marquez Valdez Scantling, sure, who's going to be avail- on a- available in a lot of leagues right now uh, on waivers. Exactly, you know, people didn't pick him up during the upcoming week unless they were looking ahead. They listened to this show or read Roto Experts. Uh, I was saying you had to get back on your roster, and I picked him up in like four leagues over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So you got to be looking ahead, and if if you do. Uh, you know, there, there's something uh, that there's something there. You know, Sammy mm-hmm. Watkins is another fine example, but it depends Traquan on the team. Smith. You know, nobody from the Rams. You know, that third receiver is not going to be available. Sure. What about a guy like Traquan Smith? You know, you may have been able to get in recent weeks as well. You know, I'm just saying, like, give me Saints. <laughs> you know, give me Chiefs. These guys are putting up, you know, so much production, and so I, I just think um, I'd rather have, you know pieces of the 35-point pie. That's all I'm saying. Let's look at this Dallas side because, you know, a lot of us were wondering, Scott, what was going to happen, you know, now with Amari Cooper in the mix? What was this offense going to look like? You know, Cooper does, in fact, go 5 for 58. He gets the touchdown. I think they made a concerted effort to pepper him early in the game. He had some nice other early down uh you know, catches from the outside, some comebacks that Witten was mentioning. Um, five for fifty-eight and a touchdown. You'll take that in his debut, right, Scott? Oh, certainly. You know, and uh, you know, he gave it the offensive dimension. It just it didn't have when you're coming in. And look, uh, Alan Hearns 
everybody thought he was going to be the guy, but he really doesn't separate that well from uh, defenders. He, he runs good routes, but he doesn't separate. Amari Cooper, you know, is much better in and out of his cuts. He was separating. He really burned Malcolm Butler, uh, you know, on his touchdown last night at least one other time. So, you know, it was a nice debut. You know, they're forcing him the ball. Yeah, and, and on that, that, uh, that end zone interception, they did force him the ball. Right. But, yep. uh, you know, that's what they're going to have to continue to do. Okay. Um, what I also think this means for the Dallas Cowboys offense is it has, in my opinion, I want to hear uh, what you think, Scott. It has clarified roles, I think, for the Dallas wide receivers, right? Now, Amari Cooper is this outside, you know, he's their number one. He's their outside guy. He's the focus. It means Cole Beasley is their slot guy. And I think it means the rookie Michael Gallup. You know, is the kind of guy on the other side starting with on two wide sets, and he's going to be kind of the deep threat. He's going to be the speed guy, and what I think it also does is it, you know, it renders Alan Hearns. I know he caught the touchdown. I think it renders Alan Hearns and Thompson, people like this, uh, in roles that are not going to be on the field as much. Do you see it uh, in the same way? It's Cooper, it's Gallup opposite him, and it's Cole Beasley doing his slot thing. Yeah, Cole Beasley did nothing last night. So yeah, three for sixteen. You know, there, there's that, and you know, Gallup is, you know, he's got some upside, but uh, you know, he's, it's been a little rocky for him. It's, uh, you know, it's hard, it's hard to use Gallup. You know, maybe somebody keep on his your roster, and you hope he improves down the stretch and in the playoffs. But that's all you can look for. Yep, and then uh, Zeke Elliott with about 112 total scrimmage yards. Unfortunately, he did not get in the end zone, however, but everyone knows Zeke will be just fine. Uh, let's get some yeah, news well, and with notes. Yeah, with Zeke, oh, real quick before you yeah. move on, though, yeah. he was having a really good game, but I think because of script, they really went away from him in the second half. You know, mm-hmm. They had zero rushing yards in the fourth quarter last night. Yep, they uh, they were in full-on catch-up mode, but that helped out a team that Mike Blewett and I have. Remember, I told you, Scotty, that uh, Blewett and I were up by 30 against our guy Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. He had Zeke and the Dallas defense against us because Zeke didn't get in the end zone and because Dallas gave up 28. Our guy, the fantasy executive, did not get it done. Me and Blewett uh, okay. get another W. Uh, to contain to maintain first place. But let's move on. There are some news and notes here I want to bounce off you, Scott, before we head to commercial break. Speaking of a non-dynamic offense, uh, the Washington football team, Paul Richardson, looks like he's going to need season-ending shoulder surgery. Um, I guess this is a point. My point, you know, I don't really care if it's uh, Harris that's next man up. You know what I mean? I don't really care if Crowder's coming back. I don't want parts of this passing offense. I'd much rather have Sammy Watkins, Traquan Smith, Marquez Valdez, Scantling. But what do you see happening here in Washington? Because uh, Paul Richardson, their free agent uh, you know, acquisition over the offseason is done for the year, it looks like. Yeah, you know, uh, Harris had a really good surprising game last yeah. week. So I think you got to at least take a flyer on him. But you expect degree. that to continue? You you think he's no? Do that but I'm again? saying you got to take a flyer on it. If, if you if you have a hundred dollar fab, I'd spend four bucks, you know, to see what happens. You know, maybe nobody right, else fine. would bid on him, and in case it hits, you got him on your roster. You know, you're not going to put a lot of faith in it. But uh, look, look, I said Richardson was going to be a bust. He wasn't going to be involved. He was going to a team with a different quarterback that doesn't throw as deep as well as his previous guy, and. You know, Richardson has been an injury risk throughout his career. So, unfortunately, this doesn't surprise me. 
Yep. Uh, do me a favor, Scott. When we talk to Dr. A this week on Friday, can we yeah. make sure that Jamison Crowder is on his list? Because Crowder now has missed, I think, three or four games, right? But if Richardson's not there, I do believe there is an opportunity for him to come back and be productive. They also face Tampa Bay this week. So I want to find out about him because he could be a little bit of an insert for me. I got a lot of people on by in week 10 at the wide receiver position. I will be without DeAndre Hopkins and Stephon Diggs this week. So i got to see if uh, Crowder is a viable option. There are some teams, Scotty, that are seeing if wide receivers are viable options for them. Brandon Marshall working out for the Lions and Des Bryant working out for the Saints. Uh, you think any of these uh, any of these are going to be fits for the team there? Uh, I think, you know, you got to watch the Des Bryant thing and maybe take a flyer there, but not too much because – you know, we didn't see a lot from Dez last time he w- he was playing. There's, I know there's a better offense and a better quarterback, but you're talking about a guy, you know, who basically didn't look too good the last two years that was in the NFL, and he's already missed the entire preseason in nine weeks. So you just can't look at the name. This is fair, but remember, to my point, I just want a piece of that Saints offense, and maybe they find him. If, right. if I'm not they saying do, don't bid be, on him. Right. He might be uh, what they were hoping for out of Cam Meredith maybe. Um, if they if he does sign there, you know, because I just don't want him to halt the development of Traquan Smith out there in New Orleans. Right. But yeah, we'll I, I don't know if we'll he's going to hurt the development. I don't know if after coming in, you know, uh, after all that time, can he really hurt the development? It's it, well, it might be really snaps. hard to get him involved. Right. I'm just saying if he gets snaps and that keeps Traquan off the field, that's something I would not be excited by. That's I don't think I'm it'll saying. keep Traquan off the field because right now they're coming in because guys like Cameron Meredith and Austin Carr right. haven't really done it. They'll run a lot of three wide receiver sets. Yeah, absolutely. I That makes sense to me. I hope that's what actually is the case. I want to ask you about this one, Scotty. Uh, you know, remember, I was talking about how the Baltimore Ravens are on bye, and I think that Lamar Jackson, if you want to be sneaky and get ahead of the game, that this could be the week. Well, it sounds like a lot of people were thinking that because Harbaugh had to come out yesterday and say definitively that they are quote-unquote rolling with Flacco and that he's actually been playing well. I guess my question is a two-part question about this comment from Harbaugh. Uh, Scotty, one, do you believe him? <laughs> and two, do you think he's talking about that until, what, another three weeks, you know, or so? Uh, how long do you think Flacco's still on the center for the Ravens until they go out in the playoff be- race? I, I, don't, I don't think you can believe anything coaches say. Uh, mm. you know, to me, what would lead me to say is in the short term, Flacco's going to start the next game, but then he can get pulled at any time. Right, so it sounds but you have like... To, you have uh, to remember, as, all, as excited we are as all Lamar Jackson, he was very up and down during the preseason. And, you know, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's exciting. I think uh, he offers defensive challenges, but he also offers offensive challenge with his inconsistent accuracy. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, in the same vein as what we talk about, as teams fall out of it, they have to see what they have on their roster once they start looking the next year. The Ravens are still in it right now. But if they fall out of it at any point in time, you can expect to see Lamar Jackson. We'll talk about it a little bit more when we come back. Roto Experts in the morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Welcome back. Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle, holding it down this hour, giving you what you need. We're going to start looking ahead to week number 10. I just, Scott, I remember when it was opening week, we were talking preseason week three in the dress rehearsal and how some teams like the Rams and the Bears weren't starting all their players in week three of the preseason. I remember that, and now we're all the way to week 10 looking for the fantasy playoff push. I also want to tell people, Scotty, congrats to the thousands of you who had a profitable DFS season in baseball this year using the Daily Roto Optimizer. Now, halfway through the NFL season, the NFL Optimizer is already produced saying millions in winners, Millie Maker winners, hundreds of thousands. You've heard about Colin Drew going back to back and belly to belly. And now the NBA lineup optimizer is also available. Subscribers are crushing it on a nightly basis in the association. If you're hooked, you can buy the DailyRoto.com Elite Package, giving you access to the full suite of tools year-round, okay? We're basically printing money. If you're not doing it this way, you're at a competitive disadvantage. So go on over to DailyRoto.com, click on the Go Premium tab, and check out what the Elite Package has to offer. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount and start winning today. Scott, the Ravens are four and five. All right, they're four and five. And, you know, now in this, at this point, listen, you got the Patriots with only two losses in the AFC East, right? You got, the, obviously, the Chiefs and the Chargers just contending out there in the West. You got the Steelers above them in the North now at 5-2-1. and one, And to be honest, in my opinion, looking like they're hitting a little bit of a stride. You got to figure that second place in the West is going to be one of the wild cards. You know, when, at what point are the Ravens? Out of it, let's say. That's what I'm looking for here, Scotty. I'm looking at they got this week 10 bye, and then check out their schedule, okay? They're four and five. Coming out of the bye, they host Cincinnati. That can kind of go either way. Um, then they have Oakland. They should get a win there. Then they are, check this out, at Atlanta and at Kansas City. That could be tough, Scott. It's a potential for them to go one and three in their next three games, okay? this They've also gone one and four in their last four. So the shine is coming off the rose for the Ravens, for me. If they're four and five right now, I think they go one and three in their next three. Uh, at five and eight, it's going to be Lamar on the, on the center for the last three weeks, right? Yeah, you know, this is why they're considering the quarterback change because they have a very, very tough schedule. Uh, you know, they can't keep up with a team like Atlanta right now. Atlanta, yep. you know, the, the shine has been off the rose already for a few weeks now. You know, sure, for three weeks at the beginning games. of the season. Yeah, three weeks at the beginning of the season, it looked a little rosier, but then it really fell off quick. So, you know, right now it's, uh, I would pray, probably say, you know, one, 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 one more loss and it's a real 
real low chance of making the playoffs right now. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, that first game after the bye is a division game, okay? They host Cincinnati, all right? They are going to need that win. Cincinnati is right there coming off the bye. They're going to need that win if they have any serious chance, right, Scott? I mean, they're 4-5 and five right now. They win that game. They're 5-5. Five and five. They can claim. They can make a case that they're in the mix. They lose that game to 4-6 and six with a loss against the division opponent, right? And then... Uh, it could be Lamar time. So I really think this next game, week 11 for the Ravens, is going to be huge. Ravens-Bengals, a huge game for the future of the Ravens' uh, fortunes, shall we say. Uh, Scotty, one more piece of news that I want to get your thoughts on before we dive into some of the content, you know, some of the uh, what we saw, what's real and what was fake in week nine, a great article there in the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge in-season fantasy package. Don't forget to enter the promo code the King at checkout. I saw something that... Uh, just makes me happy about my team. You know my team this year that I've been riding with under the radar. They're not under the radar much anymore, but you know I'm high on those Los Angeles Chargers, Scott. And one of my narratives about why I'm so high and about why I think they're going to get hot at the right time, I mentioned that I think Joey Boza is coming back in the next couple of weeks to augment that defense, which looks good in my opinion. But uh, there were reports yesterday, Scott. I know you saw this. It may not matter for the fantasy regular season, but... uh. Hunter Henry may come back this season towards the end of the season and or be available for the Chargers come the playoffs. Coming into this season, we all, everyone was drooling over the potential of Hunter Henry before the injury. Some people had him as a top five tight end coming into this year. We talk about the Chargers as one of these offenses that, you know, is moving the ball that can't be really stopped. Phillip Rivers with a one of his best seasons of his career how big of this how big could this be for the Chargers if in this home stretch they get back Joey Boza and Hunter Henry? That's better than any trading deadline acquisition. Uh you know, it's some work to take a flyer on right now, but you know, the report that I saw is saying there are far from any guarantees that'll return. And, you know, we saw what De- everybody heals differently, but now we're seeing with Deontay Foreman, we don't know when he's coming right. back. So take a flyer, but there don't get guarantees. Yeah, no, Scotty, as you, as you take a second, a gesundheit over there, I'm not talking about for fantasy right now. I'm talking about for the Chargers, you know, playoff push. You know, even if he comes back, I don't think they say it won't be until week 16 or 17, something like that. And I doubt you ride him out there in your fantasy championship, uh, you know, out of nowhere, right? But I'm talking more about the Chargers' fortunes as we talk, you know, gambling, as we talk futures, uh, things of that nature. You know, the Chargers could get back a defensive stud in Boza and an offensive of stud in Henry. I'm just talking about the Chargers' fortunes, not necessarily fantasy. Yeah, you know, with the Chargers' fortunes, it could certainly help them. But, you know, of course, you know, it's uh, always got to consider the fantasy angle. I think with this report, a lot of people are going to consider picking him up. And, you know, I think once the trade deadline passes, you could stash him. Because what if you get him back for, like, week 14, 15, 16? Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. That would be great. I'm talking about this is to my point about trying to get as many pieces of these high octane offenses as possible. And Hunter Henry and the Chargers would definitely fit that. All right, Scotty, let's transition here. Um, I, I was just making a note of it in the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge in season fantasy package. You got a nice article here about what was reality and what was Fugazi in week nine. Um, I want to ask yeah, you by, about some by Jack by Jack McClude, yeah. Yeah, Jack McLuhan, absolutely. So let's dive into that for a little bit right here. Um, 
Listen, his first thing is, you know, contrary to what I've heard out of you, um, his, he says that, to be quite honest, he thinks Aaron Jones is a reality. Remember, I was higher on Aaron Jones than you were. You were saying you wanted no part of him. 76 yards on 14 carries on Sunday night. Um, another two catches for 10 yards. He goes for 86 eight yards. And to me, what I think is more important, he had 16 touches, whereas Jamal Williams had nine. Yeah, you know, I guess he's a reality as somebody who's rosterable now where I was thinking he wasn't, you know, before the bye, you know, he had scored single figures and only, only eight, over eight points once. But I don't think you can consider Aaron Jones anything more than a bye week fill in right now. He's, you know, he's got he's got two touchdowns. Uh, he's got one in his last four games. Uh, you know, he's getting 12, 14 carries, et cetera. It's like it's almost like Alex Collins without the touchdowns. You know, you're going to get the 11 to 14 carries. You know, maybe you'll get between uh, 50 to you know, 65 yards in most weeks. They're not going to run the ball a lot in the red zone. So, uh, to me, you know, the word reality is he reality is a fantasy starter. No, but uh, especially when you have all your guys back. But you know, I think you know when you have buys, four or six teams on a buy, you could certainly pop them in there. All right, talk to me about Dalvin Cook. Do we believe? That he is back. I mean, we saw that 70-yard run, right? Um, you know, uh, does that mean the hamstring is okay? McClune definitely thinks so, saying that he's cooking again. Yeah, he is for now. Uh, if, I, if I could move him before the trade deadline to somebody like Jack McClune and I had Dalvin Cook, <laughs> I, would, I would send him an offer if he believes. Because if Jack's going to believe it, uh, you know, obviously some uh, fantasy owners out there are going to believe it. So... Uh, you know, the guy's only only played, what, three and a half games this year, and he scored double figures in uh, in three of them before he got hurt in the other one. So the upside is there, but we've seen him the first two years. We can't trust him to stay healthy. If I'm looking ahead to the fantasy playoffs, I can't have faith that Dalvin Cook will be on my roster because some guys are just more injury-prone than others. Yeah. No, I, I hear that. We've been concerned that we've been like sounding that alarm on guys like Dalvin Cook, on guys like Leonard Fournette for the entire season. So we'll see if people are listening to us or not here on Roto Experts in the morning. When I look to the kind of illusion side, the Fugazi side, a guy that you mentioned before, and to my point, I don't know that I care too much about the passing attack for the Washington football team, but McLoon is saying do not run to the waiver wire for a guy like Maurice Harris. Yeah, we talked about that before. Yesterday, yeah. And it really depends on, you know, what you're going to spend on him in fab. Like I said, you know, three or four bucks in a hundred, you know, that's that's not a lot. And a lot of people may not believe the one game, and uh, you may not put a bid on him at all. Uh, you know, 22.4 uh, standard PPR fantasy points in ESPN the past week, but uh, he's got Tampa Bay and Houston coming up, and... Who else does Alex Smith really have to throw to with everybody injured? So you got to take a flyer. If you're doing regular rolling waivers, he should be your first pick, but I'd put in a bid for him. Yeah, and that's why I asked so much. That's why I think uh, the incredibly important piece of news will be the status of Jamison Crowder as it relates to the Washington pass game. You know, if there's no Richardson and there's no Crowder still, we know Josh Doxson is a flaming pile of poo. So in that situation, maybe Maurice Harris, you know, kind of is still exactly like monkeys need to fling him, you know, is is what I would say. What about Jordan Howard? 
What about Jordan Howard, Scott? I know that you have been lukewarm on him. I know you're a fan of Tariq Cohen. You know, um, the game script was helpful for him yesterday on, on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. Um, how do you feel about Jordan Howard, say vis-a-vis some of these other backs we were just talking about, Aaron Jones, uh, Alex Collins? How do you feel? Of, where's Jordan Howard in that mix? Uh, he's touchdown dependent, and he's, he's also on a good offense, so I think that makes him – Certainly a flex play slash RB3. He scored four times in his last three games. The yardage numbers have really haven't been there. Uh, he's gone over 80 just twice this season and once in his past seven games. So you can't really depend on the yardage anymore like, you see, like you've seen in previous years. But he's going to finish a lot of drives for this team. He's touchdown dependent. And uh, again, you know, it's almost like an Alex Collins sort of mirror sort of situation. I think he'll get a little bit more yardage and touches than Alex Collins. But, you know, he's one of these types of backs who's touchdown dependent. There's really no yardage ceiling. All right. Um, And the last one I want to ask you about in this segment here is I want to talk about tight ends for a second. Scotty, in PPR scoring, I'm looking over the last four weeks, in the last month, you know, and I think that goes on back enough to kind of like see if there's anything that's a trend, okay? I'm looking at the top nine tight ends, Scott. Some of the names you absolutely know. Number one is Kelsey. Number two is O.J. Howard. Number three is George Kittle. Four is Trey Burton. Five, Zach Ertz. Six, Greg Olson. Eight is David Njoku. Number seven and number nine over the last month so definitively tight ends that you can stream one of them is one percent owned one of them is 14 percent owned do you know the two tight ends that i'm talking about scott uh i'm going to say chris herndon correct he is one of them and who's the other one and the other one is the guy that McClune is writing about and a guy that i want to mention this guy is one point ahead of your guy austin hooper and available, and is only 1% owned right now in uh, public leagues. Only 1% I mentioned him earlier in the season as a potential streamer and got laughed at, and then he wound up catching like six or seven passes that next game. Six or seven passes that next game. That team also – that team traded away someone opening up potential in their offense last week also. They traded away someone last week. Well, the Jets didn't trade anybody. You already said uh, Herndon. Not Michael Roberts, is it? Uh, no, I'm talking about Jeff Hireman, Scott. I'm oh, talking okay. about Jeff Hireman. Listen, I don't think – remember like a couple of weeks ago I talked about Hireman and Demarius Thomas is now gone. Jeff Hireman, uh, the leading receiver for the Denver Broncos last week, 10 catches for 83 yards. Uh, Scott, as a flyer – like, do you think there's anything consistent here? And Jeff, he's tight at nine over the last month, Scott. It's not, it's not silly to say, you know, he caught 10 balls, 83 yards, and a touchdown. Um, you know, he had another big week, I think, right before I said it. Oh, yeah, excuse me. It wasn't six balls. It was four for 57 on seven targets back in week four against Kansas City. Um, you know, he's 1% owned, Scott. Should he be more than 1% owned? He's inside the top 10 last month. Yeah, on ESPN, he's 7.9% owned. Okay. Uh, I don't think there's anything here to push him anywhere near tight end one territory. You know, I'm going to quote I'm gonna quote his game log real quick in terms of the points. 2.5, 3, 2.7, 9.7, 3.8, 5.3, 0, 7.4, 24.3. That scoring from the last month basically hinges on one game. If I'm okay. desperate to use a tight end in any week – uh, I would I would use him, but 
I, I think I got to see at least like two more good performances before I'm convinced. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I just think it is funny that, and you know, who knows, maybe uh, another, like I said, maybe another thing in his favor is the idea that Demarius Thomas is no longer there. I know they're it trying to get be. Sutton and others involved, but maybe there's another two targets a game for him. You know what I mean? Well, and, the thing with Hireman is, is though he plays a role where they look for him in the red zone, et cetera, uh, mm-hmm. and I think he has that over Thomas, you know, that he'll get red right. zone opportunities, so... Uh, I don't think that's changed, but he really hasn't done a lot with it. He scored, look, he scored twice in the past two weeks. Uh, yeah. And a lot of times with tight ends, if you get a tight end that scores the touchdown, you got a, you got a top 12 guy for the week, you know? Uh, if you got a bye week, yeah, it's, it's possible. Uh, but I don't, I don't think I'd ever rank him in my top 12 at this point for any week. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, listen, Scotty, if people enjoy playing DFS, but if you're sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool over at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, avoid experts winning 90% of the money, invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can get a 50% deposit bonus. All right, go on over to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY. Why and start winning today? That's mybookie.ag. Enter the promo code FNTSY. Scotty, when we come back, we're going to be talking about you know the waiver wire. Some people to target. Uh, real quick, over at the quarterback situation, are you going to believe in Nick Mullins? Real quick, just just but before we dive into it more, you know there are people coming back from buy that may be getting heavily added. Guys like Andy Dalton and the like. But at, talk to me about Nick Mullins. Is there any viability there in two quarterback superflex leagues? Well, two quarterbacks, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you always want to get somebody who's shown some potential in a two-quarterback super flex league. He obviously does. He took a, did a good job of taking advantage of what the defense gave him in the locker room is around him, but they had no film on him till last week. You know, now teams are going to have film on him. They don't know their tendencies, so it's dangerous. Look, Beathard started off very good for like the first two games or so, and then he flamed out the same thing could happen here. But you, you always have to look at a viable quarterback in a, in a two-QB Superflex League. It goes without saying that he's a pickup. Yeah, absolutely. And think about it. I mentioned that. He, you're right. He could flame out. But, uh, you know, hosting the New York football Giants on Monday night may not be the week that he flames out. And then his next game is against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Another interesting pass offense. So in the short term, Mullins might be an ad. We'll talk about running backs, wide receivers, and tight end waiver ads as well when we come back. It's Roto Experts in the Morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on right back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hammer, go hammer, MC hammer, yo hammer, and the best can come and play. You can't touch this here on Roto Experts in the morning. Dane and Scott, we're about to talk waiver wires. These are people you actually can touch. 
um, if you want to just spend a little bit of budget on them as waivers will run going into week 10. Hey, Scotty, you know that MC Hammer was a ball boy for the Oakland A's, right, back in the day? Oh, yeah, of course. I think that story is legendary. That's you good know, stuff, it's, though. It, it's know? interesting because uh, Ray DeGrone, uh, okay. of, you know, who's, who was a former Yankees bat boy, yeah. who, uh, who actually, like, you know, we get worked under George Steinbrenner. Steinbrenner caught him, caught him uh, spray painting outside Yankee Stadium, and then brought him. Gave in right, turned park. him in, yeah. Gave, and uh, you know now Gave he, him a he job. was he was you know he was the guy who uh, you know he sent out on special projects like with Gooden and Strawberry and stuff like that. Still involved in the organization, and now uh, his life story became an off Broadway play. Oh, that's real cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's real cool. And it all started by yeah. trying to vandalize the house that Ruth built. All right, Scotty, let's dig on in here. We got some waivers to talk about, okay? I really just talked about, you know, maybe the potential of Nick Mullins. He'll be the new fresh kid on the block. You got to look at this schedule also, especially if you're making a push to the fantasy playoffs. Remember, there's only four weeks left in the regular season. And, Scott, two of his matchups are the Giants and the Bucks. So, uh, you know, favorable matchups for a good chunk of the rest of the regular season for Mullins. Yeah, but uh, again, he took advantage of playing the Raiders, and that's what you got to do to earn an opportunity and start. But still, with Nick Mullins, I don't know if I could look at the schedule with with anything. It's it's, it's not about the schedule, you know. Going forward, can he take advantage of a good matchup? I don't know that yet. Ah, well, he's he's one for one and taking advantage of a good matchup. Yeah, but that that was before anybody had any film on him. For all we know. The, you know, the, the Giants could look good against him this week, and then you know he's not even rosterable. Right. I don't think uh, I can overreact to one game. It's it's a nice story, but for fantasy purposes, I'm still very very skeptical. I hear it's a wait and see kind of thing for Scotty on Nick Mullins. Let me ask you about these running backs, Scott. We alluded to it yesterday. I think there are three. Uh, kind of pass-catching running backs that are out there that I think people need to prioritize this week. I think you ranked them as such on yesterday's show. I think you ranked them Duke Johnson, number one, Elijah Maguire, number two, and Theo Riddick, number three. I'm seeing percentages for all of them. For Duke Johnson, hovering right around 50%. But for Maguire and Riddick, you know, you could definitely go get him. They're owned in about 15 to 20% of leagues, if that. Am I right? Do you see Duke, Elijah Maguire, and and Theo Riddick as kind of three running backs, especially in PPR formats that uh, you could use throughout this next stretch? Uh, definitely. You know, Duke Johnson, the new coaching staff, got him uh, yep. involved in, in the offense, and he just scored under 30 PPR points this past week. So, you, you know, you have to go after him. Uh, he's less than 50% owned in ESPN leagues right now. So uh, I think there's going to be a rush to the waiver wire to acquire him. With the way Isaiah Crowell is playing and how you talk about how the Jets really like Elijah McGuire, uh, you know, internally, you know, there's a lot of hope for him. With uh, with Theo yep. Riddick, I, th- I think it's overreacting to really get excited about him. You know, he had he had one pretty good game here. He had 10.6 points. But that was just his second double-figure game of the season. Now, Theo Riddick's been overrated since 2015. He's a niche back. He's going to play a niche role. You know, before he got injured, he got gay. He, he, he really didn't do a whole lot. You know, two catches for 20 yards, four catches for 20 yards, three for 36. Uh, you know, the opener was five for 15. You know, Theo Riddick is somebody I, I don't, I'm not even sure if I wanted my lineup on a bye week. You know, there are two running backs out there that – you know, I'd definitely rather have uh, than anybody but Johnson that you mentioned. 
Yep. All right. So um, let's f- try and find out who those guys are. It sounds like you have Duke Johnson and Elijah McGuire as two viable ads. Yes, yeah, Scott, you know, I've been on Elijah McGuire. As you know, I'm, cl- I'm plugged into the Jets. They liked him going into the season. Now with Obalal Powell, it is definitely Elijah McGuire over Trenton Cannon. And I tried to let people know about that a couple of weeks ago. Good our call. guy Emery Hunt was definitely all on Elijah McGuire last year. And I saw a note from our former best friend forever, Mike Florio yesterday, Scott. It sounds like also, if you look at the snap count, Elijah McGuire completely out-snapped Isaiah Crowell in last uh, in last week's game also. So, you know, this Elijah McGuire, they, they might really want to see what they have in this kid moving forward. Yeah, they certainly have. You know, he gave all the reasons for it. Uh, the Jets need to fu- – this guy has some uh, potential. He's a big yeah. back with some spark. You know, he's yeah. big, but he, he's also elusive and He's fast, so he's talented. So they got to give him a look. All right. You mentioned Duke Johnson was under 50% owned in ESPN League, Scotty. I have him at 48% owned in Yahoo Leagues. So it's right around there. Let me ask you about a couple guys. I want to see where they would fit in your hierarchy of Duke Johnson 1, Elijah McGuire 2, Theo Riddick 3. And I'm asking about, you know, there's teams that are coming back off by. Remember how we say now all the time, sometimes you got to make interesting decisions when your team, when your guys go on by and drop some people. So these guys might be available too. I'm seeing in 30% of Yahoo Public Leagues, Naheem Hines, Scotty, is owned in 30% of leagues right now in these public leagues, which are similar percentages to what you look at at ESPN. Let me ask you this. Where would, would you put where would you put Naheem Hines in that pecking order of pass catching backs? Um, is he ahead of Elijah McGuire? Uh, no. And, okay. you know, he's, he's more like he's almost a, like a little bit ahead of Theo Riddick. He's ahead of Riddick, okay. But – uh, you know, I very, very much worry about him. You know, the three games since he's been back, uh, since Mac has been back, he, 5.5 points, 5.2, 10.5 was good last week, but I can't rely on him whatsoever. I'm, I'm lukewarm on Naheem Hines. Uh, I think eventually he'll be a nice compliment to Marlon Mack in the passing game, but uh, just a little, a little bit more slightly... Uh, Higher on my list than Theo Riddick right now. I'm Luke okay, so you would rather have Hines than Riddick, but you'd rather have Maguire and Duke than Hines, it sounds like. Right. And let me ask you this. Also, Scott, the Philadelphia Eagles were on by last week, right? So those kind of backs in that committee, um, would you like any of those guys, say, over Maguire? Where do they fit in? I'm talking about most notably, I'm talking about Wendell Smallwood and Josh Adams. Yeah, I forget Wendell Smallwood. Okay. You know, he, Adams. You know, he's, he's a small north-south runner who really hasn't done anything. If Josh Adams would be number two on my list, I think, coming out of the bye. He's going to get a chance. He impressed in the preseason. Nine carries for 61 yards against Jacksonville before the bye. We run to 21 and 19 yards, and uh, he's only owned in 3% of ESPN leagues. I picked him up in like half of my leagues. Uh, people didn't pick him up because he was on a bye, and I think that's a mistake. You And you, you have to do that. If you see a running back or any other player right. that you think is going to get an opportunity when they come back from the bye, take advantage of the fact that every a lot of other people ignore guys on a bye, and you can scoop them up a week ahead of anybody else because a lot of people will not pay attention. Wendell Smallwood, uh, you know, he had a touchdown last week, but before that, two single-figure games, and there's just – there's no upside for Wendell Smallwood, and I really don't want to start him whatsoever, even on a bye week. 
Um, so it sounds like you go Duke Johnson, Elijah Maguire, Naheem Hines. Where does Adams fit in vis-a-vis Hines second, and Maguire? Second. Second. Above Maguire. Second because of opportunity, yes. You'd rather have Adams starting than Maguire. back for the Eagles, yes. Okay, Duke Johnson, Josh Adams. I think Adams. opportunity comes to him a little bit quicker. Interesting. So talk to me, talk to me, Scott, because I was talking yesterday about a guy who was a starting run back. I believe it was maybe Peyton Barber, and you wanted no shot at chance of him, but you'd rather have Josh Adams than Peyton Barber? Yeah, I will, because, you know, I, I, I know that Pey- Peyton Barber really has no ceiling. I, I don't know what Josh Adams' upside is. Peyton Barber went back in the tank this week, 11 carries for 31 yards and six points, on nine carries uh, right before the bye. Josh Adams outscored him right before the bye. All right. I think I'd be willing to make a little gentleman's bet about the next four weeks, and I would take Peyton Barber over Josh Adams. But we if you, talk if about you that. want a guy that got six points in, nine, in week nine and, seven, and three in week seven, you know, be my guest. All right. So let's put that down on our gentleman's bet then. I'll take, I'll take uh, Peyton Barber for the next four weeks, and you'll take Josh Adams. How does that feel? Sounds good? That's, that's fine. All I'm saying is, is right. that – is that Josh Adams has an opportunity. He's an unknown quantity, whereas we know what Peyton Barber is. So I'd like to take the chance that there's potential upside for Adams rather than knowing you know, the, the basement that can easily open up for Peyton Barber. And All right, no let's, talk about some, let's talk about some wide receivers. Before, uh, you, talk- do, though, before you do, though, uh, you know, there's one more running back, I think, oh, that people got? have to run out and get. And I would say he's probably tied for second on my list. Maybe he's third, like right ahead of McGuire is, is that Chris Carson already, Pete Carroll has said that he doesn't expect him to do a lot of work this week. So Mike Davis, so like Davis. Who, uh, who started for, for Carson in week four and had 101 yards and two touchdowns against Arizona, and this past week had 17 PPR points, and he's only owned in 18.5% of leagues. I think for at least, at least one week, you have to prioritize him. And Chris Carson can't stay healthy. We've seen it for two years. And they like Mike Davis a lot better than they like Rashad Penny. So I'm going to put Mike Davis number two on my list. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Let's talk about wide receivers, Scotty. Um, we talk about Marquez Valdez-Scantling, right? Especially if, if Geronimo Allison's having core muscle surgery. I see Valdez-Scantling around 45 50% owned still. We definitely want to get a part of him and the part of the Packers offense, yeah? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a starting receiver for him right now, and Geronimo Allison could be done for the year. Yep. Randall Cobb is still struggling through injuries. This is the rookie that's really made an impact. He has scored at least, at least 12 fantasy points in his last four games. He's got 200-yard games during that span. Uh, look at this. This is interesting. In the last four games, right, o- over 12 fantasy points, at least 12.5 in every game, right? In two games, he scored a touchdown, and in the two games that he hasn't scored, he's reached 100 yards. Hmm. That's, uh, that sounds like some good, consistent production. Only 20.8% owns. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we want to look at that. Let me ask you about some other wide receivers. Where do they fit into uh, who you're exactly talking about, like Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Um, would you put Ty Williams over him? Uh, no, I wouldn't because I don't okay. expect the sort of consistency. You know, Ty... Ty Williams can be sort of boom or bust. You know, we've seen it before. I think he's definitely the number two target there. Okay. Uh, he has scored four touchdowns in his last four games, three games, and uh, he does have he does have two 100-yard games during that span, so I think he's certainly viable. He's only 31.3% owned, but there's no way I can put him ahead of Valdez-Scantling. I just don't think he had, I think Valdez-Scantling's had more of a floor going forward. 
No, interesting, and I don't disagree with you. It's interesting also, Scott, when we talk about the percentage of leagues and you talk about like what's public, what's not, you just mentioned that he was, what, 30-something percent owned? Yes, 31.3. And it's interesting, over on the numbers I have on Yahoo, it's, he's 45% owned. Okay, so right. you know they, we're giving you a frame of reference, but they're both under 50%. So Valdez Scanling and Ty Williams, I think, are interesting ads. Let me throw out a couple other names and see where you would put them ahead, above or below those two guys, because those are two guys that may be around 40%, 50%, but if they are available, those would be my priorities. Right, Scott? I would look at those two guys. I think that's the bar. I want to know if any of these guys would be ahead of Valdez Scanling or Ty Williams for you. The first name I'll throw is a guy we've been talking about, Maurice Harris. Would you rather have Maurice Harris or go with what I believe are much better offenses, the Chargers, Ty Williams, the Packers, Valdez, Scantling. Yeah, it's not even close. One good game from that guy. We don't, we don't really know uh, what we're going to get from him going forward. All right. What about Adam Humphreys, who seems to be now a favorite target in Tampa Bay? I think I would put him third. I don't okay. know if he can consistently be involved every week, but you have to take the flyer. Don't overdo it on your fab or where right. you prioritize him in rolling waivers because – uh, you know, there's there's something about like a floor like we saw in week seven when he just had four catches for 37 yards. But he's been double figures three of his last four games. Uh, I think he's starting to uh, outpace Chris Godwin there, who's very touchdown dependent, hasn't done it recently. So I would say Humphreys is third. You got to take that flyer. Okay, and especially if it's, if it's clear, Scott, you don't believe in Peyton Barber or the running game in Tampa, right? Then I'm trying to get Bucks wide receivers. Yeah. All right. Cool. Let me give you two other names real quick. Uh, we talked about this guy yesterday. I know this is probably a lot dependent on if my guy, the stereotype, Sony Michelle, comes back. But what about Cordero Patterson? He's got a safe floor running the ball now. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, you know I would definitely pick up Patterson because only nine point eight percent owned. But you know when you talk about it, it's it's kind of hard though because look, you're picking him up as a wide receiver. Uh, you know, but you're expecting before, running you're potential at, from him. Especially running potential, and he's getting the touches, uh, but he's got to get in the end zone, and that's the thing because you look at the week before, 10 carries for 38 yards. Yep. That's only 3.8 points, hmm. but he did get in the end zone 61 yards. Uh, I, I think Michelle's got a shot to come back this week. Right. Uh, but, you know, with bye weeks, the guy is getting 10 carries and he's got a, a shot mm-hmm. to be their goal line back while Michelle is out. So at a hundred dollar league, you know, I'd, I'd spend two bucks on him. I would make make him my first priority on rolling waivers. But he's he's a curious case. All right. Um, one other wide receiver. Remember, teams coming back from by one other wide receiver that I want to insert here. And I think you're going to say he's at the Ty Williams Valdez Scantling level. Scotty, by my count, 45 percent owned. The Cardinals are coming back from by. What about Christian Kirk? Uh, I think, yeah, I th- I, 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 he should have been owned before that. Right. Uh, you know, this I got guy, him at 40% ESPN, owned. I got him only 174 Well, there you go. Yeah, so, so, uh, so would you take yeah, Kirk talk- over Williams and Valdez-Scantling? Uh, not over Valdez-Scantling for okay. sure. Uh, so Valdez-Scantling, yeah, then Kirk, then Ty Williams, then Adam Humphreys. It sounds like a four guys you would look at. Yeah, you, you, Christian Kirk had double figures in four of his last five games and uh, five of his last seven in, entering the bye. So in PPR, I think he's somewhat more reliable than Ty Williams. So I would definitely pick up Christian Kirk. And then, uh, you know, Larry Fitzgerald did hit the waiver mm-hmm. wire in some leagues. Yep, 75% on that So you, you got to look at that, too. Some, some players would cut him because he's on a bye, and he yep. only had one good game this season. 
Real quick, Scott, we only got a minute left. I'm looking at some tight ends. I was kind of joking about Hireman. Two guys, though, that I see at around 30% that I think are viable. Remember, the Colts are coming back off their bye, so there's Jack Doyle who might be out there. And then the other guy, uh, we've mentioned him before, C.J. Uzuma is only about 25% owned. I know he hasn't done much lately, but if A.J. Green misses any time, you got to figure there's some more targets going his way. What do you think about Doyle and Uzuma, or there are the other tight ends that you might like to close out the show? Uh, Doyle is, you know, he goes without saying. With Ozuma, yeah. he's been a disappointment since he's got in there, but you make a great point. Against week, in week six against Pittsburgh, six catches for 54 yards. But I think, uh, you know, Andy Dalton is always considered as tight end, you know, when he's near the goal line. If A.J. Green misses time, as we expect, at least two games, at least for the next two weeks, he's going to be a prime red zone threat for them. So Absolutely. So there are some guys to kind of target as your waivers run. Scotty, tomorrow we'll start to get early looks, early leans on the Week 10 games. Uh, we may have to talk about Mr. Bell also. Last night he tweeted, farewell to Miami, uh, Scotty, which, as you know, is where he's been working out. So maybe uh, Le'Veon Bell's about to head up north. What do you think? Yeah, he's only got about a week to report now. So yep, seven days. <laughs> the crunch is getting very, very tight. <laughs> And to be quite honest, James Conner is like RB3 right now. I don't know how much the Steelers care, to be quite honest. He painted himself into a bad situation, but we'll be back to talk about it tomorrow. Blue it is back. FST is up next on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Keep it locked. Scotty, have a great day. Talk tomorrow. You too, my friends.